You are listening to the teaching podcast of Praise Community Church in Mason City, Iowa. For more information about our church, please visit praisecc.org. greatness, the grandeur, the goodness, the beauty of God. And I just kind of stood there and thought, this is so cool. Um, So I hurried up and got to my deer stand so that I could just kind of sit and stare at the stars and then, you know, to be able to watch the sunrise. I mean, it's just one of those moments where there's really nothing else to do. I mean, you know, you're just sitting there waiting for things to happen. And in the midst of that, you're kind of just standing there. And it's just this opportunity again to, to just be still, to be silent, and just to take in the beauty of the Lord. So I go out hunting again yesterday afternoon, and um, I saw something I'd never, ever seen before. Um, I had a a doe, uh, a female deer, for you non-hunter, non-animal people. Um, She came in, and she was a really, really uh, medium-sized doe. Um, I did not shoot her, so don't think that this is where I'm going with the story. So uh, I know some of you are just like, oh my gosh, she's going to tell me shot it. I didn't. Um, she came in, and she kind of just meandered around. She was just kind of feeding and just really very, very just nonchalant, kind of taking her time, looking at everything. Um, And she did this for probably about 15, 20 minutes. And it's just fun because they don't know you're there. You're kind of up in a tree and you're watching them and they don't even know that they're being watched. Um, And so she kind of just meanders around in there for probably about 20 minutes. And then she goes out to the corner of this big wide open meadow and she kind of starts walking north on the the lane of this meadow. And then she kind of starts heading up north, and I I'd kind of stopped watching her because she was just kind of feeding, and I'm, I was watching for other action. And so all of a sudden, I kind of looked over to see what she was doing, and she's kind of just jumping um, around in this lane. And I'm like, what is she doing? So I got my binoculars because I thought maybe she was playing with another deer. Um, and so I'm just kind of like watching her, and she wasn't. And she kind of just is just, you know, flitting up and down the lane, and it's almost as if somebody just hit a switch. All of a sudden, she just started bounding across the meadow. Her, her tail is just, just twirling, um, and she is just, I mean, I thought maybe somebody had told her she just won the Powerball lottery. I mean... <laughs> She is just completely unabandoned, and she is just, she is in the moment, and and she is just jumping all around in this meadow. Um, And and so, again, in this meadow, there's a lane that you can kind of drive around, and and after a while, she kind of gets in the lane, and she just starts running around this thing like it's a track. And, I mean, she is just running in a dead run. Uh, just running around, and then she would come, came in to the corner where I was, and she just sped right by me, and I mean, just, just going, just broke for broke, and, and she goes way, way down, and I, and I think she's gone, and then about another minute, I hear her coming back down, and she just races back down in front of me, and she runs around the meadow one time, and then just stops dead and goes back to feeding. I'd never, ever seen that before, and there was nobody else there. And and you just kind of feel like, I just kind of had this moment where I thought, God did that for me. (laughs) 
I mean, it was just incredible to, I've never ever seen a deer do that, probably never will see a deer again. My point being is that A, some of you just need to get out and get in a tree stand. <laughs> the other thing is, is that there are just times, I, I believe if we will just stop, if kind of what David says, pause in his presence. And again, we, we are, we're just so inclined to busy, 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 busy. Um, or or we, we feel like if there's silence, we've got to have something to fill the silence. You know, the television, uh, a movie, the radio. I mean, something just has got to fill the silence. And you know what? Sometimes God creates that silence for us to be able to pause in that moment and say, God, what is it you have to say to me? And again, it can simply just be, oh God, you are so great. You are so awesome. I mean, your, your creation is so magnificent. I mean, that's kind of what I felt like my heart is saying as I'm looking at this beautiful sky of stars and, and see this deer. It's just like, God, you created that deer to do that. And, and that I've never seen that. That's just miraculous. And, and it was just neat to be able to, to see that. And again, there just are those little reminders for me along the way again. Sometimes we just need to stop and pause in his presence. And so I just encourage you um, this week, uh, just be aware, be watchful um, for those opportunities where God may just want to silence you wherever you are, whatever you're doing. God may just call you into a moment, a time of silence where again, he just wants to speak. He just wants to show you something you've never seen before and you'll be amazed. Amen. Good. All righty. Uh, before I get into the sermon, I want to just kind of just uh, put this out there in the way of an announcement. Um, two weeks from today, November 24th, we are going to have kind of a visioning. It's going to be very informal uh, meeting. We're going to be down in the Praise Cafe. We've kind of got it all set up that we're going to kind of have a brunch available. So following worship, you'll just go down into the Praise Cafe area. You can, you know, get some food. I think we'll be doing uh, pancakes and sausage and all kinds of wonderful things um, after service on the 24th. Not to confuse with next Sunday. Next Sunday, we're kind of doing the same thing, but it's kind of a different uh, focus. But on the 24th, we kind of want to just get as many of you together down there, and we kind of want to just talk about, um, as leadership, where we kind of really believe God is calling and leading us as a congregation in next steps. A lot of you know, uh, this January, we kind of did uh, a 13-week study in the book of Nehemiah, kind of looking again at Nehemiah's uh, vision to rebuild the wall there uh, in Israel. And we were kind of using that uh, to, again, ask God, what is your vision? What's your plans, your purposes for this church? And so uh, we, again, just have taken time to really discern what is it that God's calling us uh, to do. And so we kind of want to just use uh, that Sunday, November 24th, as an opportunity kind of just to share with you where we kind of believe as leadership God is calling us to go. Again, it's going to be very, very um, informal. Uh, it's open to everybody. You don't have to be a member. Uh, there's, no, there's no requirements of any kind. It's just come. There's no cost. Uh, everything will be provided. Again, it's just an opportunity for us to be able 
to kind of get uh, some input from you, some feedback. It's just an opportunity for us to kind of just share with you again uh, where we believe God is calling us uh, to go as a congregation. So I hope that, you know, you can make plans um, to attend that um, in, in two weeks. Last Sunday, we kind of started talking about those times in life that we all have where, you know, we kind of feel like maybe God's been speaking to us, God's been leading us, and, and we've been faithful in trying to respond uh, the best we can to where God is leading us, to what God is saying to us. And, and in that obedience, sometimes God leads us to a place where we didn't expect this. You know, God is, is kind of leading us in, in a certain direction, and, and we kind of think we know what God is doing, and then we get there, and, and we're kind of surprised, or maybe we were disillusioned that, that this didn't go, God didn't take me, God didn't do what I thought it was that God was going to do. And then in those moments, we kind of begin to question ourselves. Did I miss God? Did I not hear God correctly? Is God disciplining me? Is God punishing me? And oftentimes, what we kind of talked about last week is that there are those times where God is kind of using that situation to teach us something. God is, is, is bringing us through a detour. God may be kind of taking us away a direction uh, we didn't expect or anticipate. And, and in that, we kind of begin to question God. God, do you, do you know what you're doing? I mean, why would you take me this way? Why would you take me through this? Why would you have me go through this? And often, again, as we talked last week, there are just times where God's trying to teach us to show us something we would not see any other way. And so we kind of just talked about, you know, that there are times where life doesn't go in the direction we thought it was going to go, and we just find ourselves ambushed by a suddenly and surprises. And sometimes those are both pleasant and unpleasant. Again, we think we've heard God. God said to go this way, to do this. And again, it leads us. It takes us to a dead end or a detour or a dry hole, and we weren't expecting that. And we start questioning God and we question ourselves. And again, I think if we're all honest, it's happened to every one of us. And it probably will happen again. And I want to ensure you and I want to encourage you in those times, there may be more to it than not being in God's will or missing God's voice or misreading the map. Rather, in those times, God may be working some deeper life lesson developing some spiritual discipline. Maybe he's kind of building a character issue. And so today I want to continue looking at what may be going on in those times of detours, dead ends, and dry holes, and what is God really up to in those places. First thing we looked at last week was what we called the discipline of detours, or what I like to say, the discipline of divine detours. And one of the greatest examples that we were kind of focused on, and we're going to kind of pick up on that again today, is again when God led the nation of Israel out of slavery there in Egypt. And he does that through a man called Moses. And again, we looked at Exodus 13, beginning in verse 17, when Pharaoh finally let the people go, the Israelites go. God did not lead them on the road that runs through the Philistine territory, even though it was the shortest way from Egypt to the promised land, God didn't do that. They thought maybe God would, but God didn't. And so God said, if the people are faced with a battle, 
they might change their minds and want to go back to Egypt. So God led them. Again, this is that divine detour. God purposely led them along a route through the wilderness toward the Red Sea, and the Israelites left Egypt like a marching army. Again, we notice very, very important here, God did not take the Israelites on the shortest, most direct route as we would think. Rather, God takes them on a a divine detour on their way to freedom in the promised land. And God chooses, okay, again, this is so important. God chooses to take them through a longer much more difficult route, and it wasn't a mistake. They didn't miss God. They did not misread the map. They didn't miss God's following. This was God leading them on a divine detour, God purposely leading them this way. Now, God knows that, again, he, he knows the nation of Israel. He knows the, the heart, the character of the people. And God realizes, if I were to take them on the shortest, the most direct route, they're going to have to go through the land of Philistia. And if they go through the land of Philistia, they are going to encounter one of the most fiercest, cruelest warriors, the Philistines. And God knows, looking at the nation of Israel, where they are as a nation, God knows if they go in and face the Philistines, they are not battle ready. They are not prepared to face that kind of an enemy. They are going to be so overcome by fear, they're going to turn around and run back to Egypt. So God knows this. So God in his goodness, God in his faithfulness, God in his love for them says, we're not going to go that way. It would be the the shortest way, but we're not going to go that way because you're not ready. Rather, we're going to go on a a divine detour. And in that, God uses that to prepare them for one day when they would face the Philistines. So again, God deliberately led the Israelites. That's the whole point. God led them intentionally on a detour that led them through the wilderness, and God does it to toughen them up. God does it to get them battle ready. Verse 18 says, so God led them along a route through the wilderness toward the Red Sea. And again, this is a place of hardness. It's a place of drought. They're lacking many resources, so they're gonna have to learn to kind of depend on God in ways they've never had to before. Again, this is God's training camp. He's toughening them up. He's strengthening them. He's getting them ready for what they're eventually going to face. So again, there are times in our lives where where God is leading us, there is a shorter route to get there. But God oftentimes sees things in us we don't see in ourselves, and God says, you know what? If I take you this way, it's going to hurt you. If I take you this way, it's going to set you back. So I'm going to take you a different way, and in that divine detour, I'm going to teach you. I'm going to show you some things. Um, I'm I'm going to develop some things in you so that when you get to that destination, you are ready to to thrive. You're ready to experience victory. The second thing I want to look at is called the dilemma of dead ends. 
Again, look at Exodus 14, beginning in verse 8. The Lord continued to strengthen Pharaoh's resolve, and he chased, Pharaoh chased after the people of Israel who had escaped so defiantly. All the forces in Pharaoh's army, all of his horses, chariots, charioteers were used in the chase. The Egyptians caught up with the people of Israel as they were camped beside the shore of Pi-Hathoroth across from Balaam-Saphon. As Pharaoh and his army approached, the people of Israel could see them in the distance. This army, this massive Egyptian army is coming towards them. The people began to panic. They cried out to the Lord for help. Then they turned against Moses and complained. Why did you bring us out here to die in the wilderness? Weren't there enough graves for us in Egypt? Why did you make us leave? Didn't we tell you to leave us alone while we were still in Egypt? Our Egyptian slavery was far better than dying out here in the wilderness. Again, it's important to remember the Israelites are still being led of God. The Israelites, they're complaining against Moses. What were you thinking? What were you doing? I mean, did, did you not hear God? Did you misread the map, Moses? I mean, they're complaining against Moses. And again, Moses had nothing to do with this. Moses is following God, and this is where God is leading them. Now again, oftentimes we know detours, dead ends, spiritually, I mean, they can be very, very frustrating. They can be confusing. But you know, oftentimes there's something worse than a detour, and that's a dead end. I mean, that is a road that goes to nowhere. There's nowhere left to go, and that's where God has led the nation of Israel. And again, it's important to remember, God is leading them. This is intentional. This is deliberate on God's part. They are still under divine direction here. God intentionally leads them to a place where there are two mountainous areas on their side. There is the Red Sea behind them, and there is the Egyptian army marching towards them to take them back into captivity and take them back to Egypt. So essentially, God has led the nation of Israel deliberately, intentionally to a place where they are completely boxed in. There is nowhere to go. They are literally between the sword and the sea. They are hemmed in. There is no way out as far as they could see. And then they begin to do what all of us do best. They began to blame other people specifically Moses. Their frustration with the detour now turns into desperation and complaining with their dead end. And again, they're saying to Moses, can't you read a map? I mean, is God that difficult to follow? I mean, you got us into this mess. You brought us into a place where we are gonna die. Thank you very much. And again, Moses read the map right, he heard God's voice. He's going the direction God was leading them. The Israelites were not where they were by accident. Again, this is, this is very, very deliberate on God's part. They were exactly where God wanted them to be, and God had a purpose in mind for what he did. And what was that purpose? Look at Exodus 14.3. Then Pharaoh will think, 
Those Israelites are confused. They are trapped between the wilderness and the sea. Now, God puts them in this position because he is baiting the hook. God was going to use judgment. He was going to bring judgment upon Pharaoh and upon the nation of Egypt and his army. And God is using this dead end he deliberately led the Israelites to, to bait the hook. And verse four continues, here's God speaking. And once again, I will harden Pharaoh's heart and he will chase after you. I have planned, past tense. I have planned this so I will receive great glory at the expense of Pharaoh and his armies. After this, the Egyptians will know that I am the Lord. So the Israelites camped there as they were told. See, God has a purpose and a plan for this dead end that he led the Israelites purposely into. And here's what we need to learn. There are times in life where God is going to deliberately, divinely lead you to places of dead ends, to places of desperation like the Israelites where you may not see any way out. And when you come to that place, when you come to that moment of desperation, I want you to remember this. There is no panic in heaven, only plans. There is, there never has been, nor will there ever be panic in heaven, only plans and purposes born of God. God knew exactly what he was going to do, how he was going to do it, even though the Israelites were clueless. And the point I want to repeat is they weren't out of the will of God. This was all part of God's plan and purposes when they came to this dead end. They were right in the center of God's will. Didn't feel like it. Didn't sound like it from their response, but they were smack dab in the middle of God's will. Why does God lead them there? So that that place of desperation would give way to a place of dependence. Oftentimes, God leads us to a place of desperation so that all we've got is just, God, I've got nothing else but you. And upon you, I depend. In those places of dead ends and desperations of our lives, that we would come to the place where we would see and know there is absolutely no way out of this. If God doesn't come through for me here in this, it's over, it's done. That we would come to a place where we have no other choice but to completely and totally rest and wait upon the Lord. Psalm 55 verse 22 says, cast your burdens upon the Lord and he will sustain you. He will not allow the righteous to be shaken. Everything else around you may shake, but his promise is you won't be shaken. And God opens the Red Sea. You remember at a certain point, 
Moses stands and lifts up his arms and God miraculously parts the Red Sea and the Israelites walk across on dry ground, which again is just another miracle. And then again, he baits the hook and Pharaoh and his army go after the nation of Israel. You remember Moses causes the Red Sea to come back together and Moses or Pharaoh and all of his army drown. So God's dead end led the Israelites from desperation to dependence to ultimately deliverance. And God wants to do the same for us in our times, our places of dead ends and desperations. Not only does God want to use the discipline of detours, the dilemma of dead ends, he also wants to use the disappointments of dry holes. So again, we see the divine detours, we see the divine dead end. Let's look now at a divine dry hole. Exodus 15, beginning in verse 22. Then Moses led the people, and Moses again is being led of God. So Moses led the people of Israel away from the Red Sea. And again, it's God's man who is leading. He's listening to God, going where God is telling him to lead the nation. But again, God leads them in a strange way, in an unexpected way, in a way that they would not have chosen to go if they had a say in the matter. Then Moses led the people of Israel away from the Red Sea and they moved out into the sure desert. They traveled in this desert for three days without water. Detours, dead ends, now a dry hole. Here it is. This is it. I mean, you, you can't live long without water. They're into day three now with no water. And now they're definitely thinking, Moses, you missed it this time. We'll, we'll, we'll give it to you there at the Red Sea. You had that nailed. We were wrong. But man, you have totally blown it now. Now we are definitely, definitely moments from death and demise. Not only are we hungry and tired, but now we're thirsty and we have no water. We are paying the price for your lack of leadership. We're paying the price for your incompetence. But again, you discover as you're reading the story, God is continuing to lead them in the way that they're going. This is not accidental. This is intentional. God is deliberately doing this. And God hasn't led them there because they did something wrong. This is not punishment. God led them to this dry hole for a purpose. To work something in them. Do you know what that purpose was? Exodus 15 verse 23, when the people came to Marah, they finally found water. But the people couldn't drink it because it was bitter. That's what the word means in the Hebrew, Mara. It means bitter. So it was bitter. And that's why the place was called Mara, which means bitter. Then the people turned against Moses. And again, they do what they do best. They do what we do best. We just begin to complain against leadership. We begin to complain and blame God. What are we going to drink now, they demanded. So Moses cried out to the Lord for help. And the Lord showed him a branch. Moses took the branch <coughs> and threw it into the water, and it made the water good to drink. Um, in a couple of weeks, I want to talk about foolish things. Uh, there's just things God does that are just completely foolish. 
Um, and, and he does that for a purpose. And, and God does a foolish thing here, throwing a branch uh, into the water. And just by doing that, it made the water good to drink. It was there at Mara that the Lord laid before them the following conditions to test their faithfulness to him. This is the whole purpose of why God takes them, the route he takes them. He takes them into the sure desert where there is no water because he wants to test their faithfulness to him. God is working something out here. God is revealing something here that would not otherwise be known or seen by the nation of Israel until they were put in this situation. There are some things you will not see or learn unless God puts you in a specific situation tailored to show you, to work in you that very purpose, that very plan, that very revelation that God's trying to give you. Look at, again, Deuteronomy 8.2, it kind of really says the same thing. Remember how the Lord your God led you through the wilderness for 40 years, humbling you and testing you to prove your character and to find out whether or not you would really obey his commands. Some of you are on detours, dead ends, and dry holes because God is trying to teach you something. He's trying to show you something. He's trying to work something in you. And God knew exactly what he was doing. And when the Israelites came to this place in the wilderness, in the sure desert, there's no water. And it wasn't because, again, God was mad at them. This is not God punishing them. It wasn't because they sinned. It wasn't because Moses was a bad leader. And the devil had nothing to do with this. Many times we find ourselves in detours or dead ends or dry holes. And our normal reaction oftentimes is to think, I'm here because I didn't hear God correctly. I'm here because God is punishing me. God is mad at me. I've sinned. My pastor let me down. My Christian friends, man, they didn't pray hard enough or the devil's attacking me. There are times in life when we hit those detours, those dead ends, those dry holes in our walk with God where it's none of those things. We say, what did I do wrong? And God says, nothing, you didn't do anything wrong. You're here because I have a greater purpose. I, I have something I wanna show you about yourself. I have something I wanna show you about me that you would otherwise not see in any other situation or circumstances. And God may be deliberately, intentionally leading some of you on detours, dead ends, and dry holes, again, to test your faithfulness. Maybe God wants to prove his character or a part of his character to you in some way. And again, to determine whether you really will obey his commands or not. So how did the Israelites do on this particular test again? They failed miserably. Again, verse 24, the people grumbled and complained against Moses, what shall we drink? So they just start to complain again, grumble against Moses, now, what is a remarkable thing, because the 15th chapter of Exodus is, is what theologians call the Song of Moses, that the Israelites had just come through the miracle of the parting of the Red Sea. 
And they had just witnessed God delivering them completely, totally, finally from their enemies. And there in Exodus 15, it says the Israelite nation, they are dancing, they are singing. They're kind of like that deer in the meadow. They're just bounding, they're happy. I mean, they're just running all over and just praising and glorifying God. And then three days later, they're back to grumbling and complaining against God. In three days, Moses goes from hero to zero. So why were the Israelites complaining and grumbling against Moses? Again, it's their lack of faith. It's also their lack of reason. Again, God brought them through. God delivered them through the Red Sea so miraculously. I mean, I can't even imagine being there and seeing something like that. I mean, could you imagine seeing, witnessing something like that? What kind of an impact that would have on your faith, your, your knowledge, your understanding of the nature, the character of God? So God's brought them through the Red Sea. Now again, be reasonable here. Would God have brought them through the Red Sea? Would God have done everything that God did there in that miracle of the Red Sea to just take them out into the middle of a desert and cause them to die for lack of water? Is that reasonable? If you're reasonable, you would say, no, that's not reasonable. Why would God do that? Had God so miraculously delivered the nation of Israel to destroy them? That doesn't make sense. Let me ask you a question. If Jesus Christ died for you on the cross, he has saved you, he has filled you with his Holy Spirit, is he just gonna suddenly just abandon you? Do you believe God has brought you this far in life through everything that God has brought you through? And some of you, you've been through some tough stuff. Has God brought you through all of that to where you are today to just suddenly up and leave and abandon you? That doesn't make any sense, does it? That God has so much invested in you he has purchased your salvation through his son. He has purchased your forgiveness through the shed blood of his son, Jesus Christ. Having done all of that for you, is God just now just going to just up, walk away, and abandon you? Of course not. I want you to notice something here, and then I'm going to close. Verse 24, so the people grumbled and complained against Moses, saying, what shall we drink? So Moses cries out to the Lord. There usually are probably about two classes of people in most churches, those who know how to complain and grumble and those who know how to pray, how to call upon the name of the Lord. The Israelites, they chose the path of grumbling and complaining, but Moses cries out, and he prays to the Lord. So Moses cried out to the Lord for help, and the Lord showed him a branch. He took the branch, threw it in the water, and it made the water good to drink. I want you to notice this. The whole time the Israelites were complaining and grumbling, that branch was there. It was there long before God ever led them to that place. 
That branch was there. The answer, the plan of what God was going to do was already there. God already knew what he was going to do. He was just waiting on someone to ask for his help. Do you realize in your detours, your divine detours, your divine dead ends, your divine dry holes, God has already made the provision. God's already given you the way out. He's already provided the answer. He's already provided the means for you to thrive, to succeed, to overcome, and to have the victory. But oftentimes, we are too busy complaining, grumbling, blaming to really know that God's already answered. God's already made the provision, but we just choose not to ask for it or to see it. It'll be there because God is faithful. God is good. But in our grumbling, our complaining, our blaming, we just won't see it. Like I said earlier, there's no panic in heaven. Only plans and purposes born of God. God didn't create that tree at that moment. He merely revealed what he had already sufficiently provided to meet their need. And the tree there in Exodus is a reference, it's a foreshadow of another tree that God would use through the cross of Jesus Christ. And the prophet Jeremiah, he called that the righteous branch. The branch there in Exodus, it was a, a means of deliverance. The cross of Jesus Christ is also the ultimate the permanent means of deliverance, of forgiveness, of freedom. And when God leads you again to those divine detours, those divine dead ends, those divine dry holes, that righteous branch, Jesus Christ, he is all sufficient. And he will meet your every need. See, the amazing thing about this bunch of complaining and grumbling Israelites is that right over the hill, there at Mara, they couldn't see it, but it was there. Right over the hill, there was a beautiful, gorgeous oasis. Exodus 15, 27, after leaving Mara, they came to Elam where there were 12 springs and 70 palm branches. They camped there beside the springs. One of the most beautiful oasis as you could ever think or imagine, and it was right over the hill. They couldn't see it. They didn't know it was there, but God could see it. God knew it was there. Some of you, again, you're on a divine detour, a divine dead end, a divine dry hole, and you're saying to yourself, God has forsaken me. God is mad at me. God is punishing me. God doesn't care about me. God doesn't know what my needs are. I must be out of the will of God. And I'm saying to you that that may not be true at all. 
Some of you right now, you're going through a divine detour. You're going through a divine dead end. You're going through a divine dry hole. But there is an oasis just over the hill. You can't see it. You don't know it's there, but God does. It's been a part of his plan all along. But again, when we choose to grumble, to complain, to blame, we're not going to see it. And I'm just here to tell you, some of you may be where you're at, some of you may be going through what you're going through right now, and it is deliberate, it is intentional. God is doing it because he is trying to work a greater purpose, a greater plan in your life. Maybe it's to test again your faithfulness. Will you be obedient? Maybe God is trying to work into you or out of you a character issue that needs to be worked in or worked out to bring you to a place of dependence upon him. And you're there right now because God has specifically, divinely, intentionally, deliberately led you there. But again, one of two responses. Are you gonna grumble, complain, blame, or are you just going to call upon the Lord? Are you going to call upon him for help? I just want to encourage you. I just want to say to you, don't complain. Don't grumble against God. Calvary, Jesus Christ, he is all-sufficient. He is the all-sufficient one. He is all you'll ever need. The important thing, again, as we talked last week, keep your eyes. Again, remember how the Israelites followed. They followed that pillar of fire by night, that pillar of cloud by day. That's how they were, how God was leading them. We talked about that being the, the, uh, uh, a reference to the Holy Spirit. Keep your eyes, keep your heart, keep your spirit open to the Holy Spirit. He's leading you, he's guiding you. He is not gonna bring you to a, a place and then up and leave and abandon you. When you come to a divine Detour, praise God. When you come to one of those divine dead ends, praise God. When you come to one of those divine dry holes, praise God. Because while you may not see it, while you may not know it, there is just an oasis. There is a place of comfort. There is a place of restoration. The answer is just over the hill. Don't give up. Press in, press on. Amen. Let's stand together. Father, again, we just thank you, Lord. And I just sense this morning that there are people who may be in, in those places right now where it does feel like a detour. It feels like a dead end. It feels like there's nowhere to go. There's no way out. Some of you may be kind of at a dry hole right now. And I just feel like the Spirit of God just wants to encourage you this morning. He wants to just, again, uh, just inspire you this morning to not give up. Don't give in. Don't give in to grumbling and complaining against God, against other people this morning. This is an opportunity for us to be able to press in and say, God, I thank you, Lord, because I believe you are in this. You are with me. And that you're never, ever gonna leave me. You're never, ever gonna... That is prosperous. So, Father, this morning, we just choose to cast our eyes 
to fix our gaze upon you and you alone, to go from that place of being despondent to being dependent. To just trust in your power, to trust your word, to trust your presence. So Father, again, we just thank you for all that you're doing in these moments, in these situations, these places, these intersections of our lives this morning. We give you all the glory and all the praise. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. You are listening to the teaching podcast of Praise Community Church in Mason City, Iowa. For more information about our church, please visit praisecc.org.